Hello, everyone. My name is Jen Fry, and I am a Visioning Council member for the Organization of Nature Evolutionaries. And I would like to welcome you to our Nature Evolutionary webinar series, where we delve deeply into what it means to be in co-creative partnership with nature through dynamic explorations into consciousness raising that is at the core of one's vision of a world where people and nature are co-creative partners and all life has the right to thrive. I'd like to take this moment to thank everyone who donated to the fundraiser we held in conjunction with last month's webinar, hashtag land back with Tate Walker. Thanks to you, one donated 50 of Tate's amazing poetry book, Trickster Riots, to the Cheyenne River Youth, uh, sorry, the Cheyenne River Youth Project. And these books are actually being distributed to indigenous youth this weekend as part of a poetry workshop that Tate's hosting there. And so we'll send out a more formal update to all of the donors, but I wanted to take this time to just thank you for your generosity. And also thank you to our members and our donors for making possible today's webinar, which is Artistic Nature with Hillary Waters Fail. Artist Hillary Waters Fail focuses on the connection between people and the natural world as she combines textile traditions and botany exploring the symbolism, geometry, and patterns found in nature. Her work has been widely exhibited and is included in permanent collections around the world. Hillary has taught in numerous programs throughout the US and abroad, including Italy and Turkey. And she is currently an assistant professor at Virginia Commonwealth University, where she directs the fiber textile program. You can learn more about Hillary's work at her website, Hillary W. Fail, spelled F-A-Y-L-E, dot com, or follow her at Hillary.Waters on Instagram. So Hillary, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Jen, and thanks everyone for joining us as well. This is fantastic. Hillary, is there a way that you'd like to start our talk today? Yeah, I would. I do, you know, something that I think about quite often is how short life truly is and how lucky we are to all be here and just that every day is a gift. Um, and so I just would like to take a moment to just reflect on that and, and you know, be grateful for what's around you. Wonderful. Thank you, Hillary. Um, so in preparing for today's talk, I looked at a lot of your work. And, um, and I noticed as I was looking at it, some of them, you know, are shown in different articles. So some, some I looked at many, many times. But as I was looking at these, I felt like I was being moved, I was being put under a spell. And I just felt this calm sense overwhelming me. And, and also there is a deep nourishment that uh, it feels like some ancestral part of me was being nourished, like like what happens when I eat wild food. Mm. Um, so one, I wanted to say that, thank you. But also, does that can can you understand that? Uh, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, thank you. That's that is really um, such a lovely thing to hear about my work, and and some of that you know kind of tracks with what I'm thinking about when I'm actually working, like that connection through history to ancestors and to everyone who's ever worked, you know, with these similar processes and with plants, with textiles. Um, 
like the the idea of this repeated gesture you know my hands are doing the exact same thing they're kind of echoing everyone who's ever worked um, in the same way which I love so that's you know that is definitely something that I think about and also this idea of the spirit of wonder like that is truly what's at the heart I think for me um, in all of my work mm -hmm. yeah great yeah I love spirit of wonder <laughs> so along the same lines uh, well so my friend Tanya introduced me to your work earlier much earlier this year and so since then you know I've been I frequently thought about your pieces, particularly the ones with the embroidered leaves. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so I have lots of questions in particular to those. Um, one, I've been dying. I'm going to wait just a moment. But um, so, what was the what was the inspiration for for this technique? And actually, for our listeners, because not we they don't can't see. So, do you want to describe a little bit about those pieces first of all? Yeah, so those pieces are actual leaves, um, which it depends on when I actually stitch on them, but sometimes they're pressed and sometimes they're fresh. But I'm literally taking a needle and thread and stitching into them, um, doing different styles of embroidery, basically. Um, and so I started, I'll say, I'm going to take it way back. Um, and say that I kind of always had this love for gardens and plants. My grandmother was um, an avid gardener and it occurs to me now how kind of rare this is, but she had this very normal suburban house that my grandfather added on a greenhouse to the side of it. And so I was always hanging out in there with her. I loved that space. And so I kind of, I think that was really deeply um, kind of, pardon the metaphor, but you know, that's a root for me. That's um, that's been there for a long time. So um, growing up, I loved nature. I loved plants. I loved learning about nature. I also loved making things. So I kind of had these, you know, this real love for art and making things with my hands. Um, I learned how to stitch really early on. Um, I kind of taught myself how I just, I, I, needle and thread are so accessible and that's something that I really love about them. And even to this day, I tell my students, you know, you don't need, incredible, um, incredible supplies or incredible, you know, um, materials to make something that's truly remarkable. So a needle and thread, such, such a simple tool and material can be really exquisite, um, in, in what comes from them. So I was very interested in that. And so I'm kind of just growing up and doing my thing. And I went to a summer camp in um, upstate New York, which is where I'm from when I was about 14 years old. And that was centered on uh, teaching kids about the environment and how to be better stewards of the land. And so I kind of fell in love, like just, uh, I, you know, that was definitely looking back on it. It was a turning point for me. Like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the most important thing to, that someone could do with their life is like to protect that, which is, you know, around you, the environment. Um, and so that's kind of floating in my head and I'm getting older and getting ready to go to college. And this is a really long start story. So thank you for no, sticking with it. But I am kind of excited about maybe going to college and studying art or possibly environmental science. And so I had this real difficult time deciding what I was going to do. And of course, in hindsight, I could have just done both, <laughs> but I felt like I really had to make a decision. Um, and so I ended up choosing uh, 
to go to school for art and I, I studied textile design. And in that, um, that time that I was studying textile design, I had the opportunity to go study abroad in Manchester, England, where they had a study abroad. Uh, their, their whole focus was um, they had a whole degree in embroidery and I fell in love. So now I'm really, you know, I'm kind of picking up that childhood love for just stitching and um, I really, really was interested in it. And, and especially in these really intricate stitches called insertion stitches, which if you've ever seen a crazy quilt, um, they're like these really intricate lacing stitches that are meant to join two pieces of fabric together on the edge. And they are both decorative and functional. Um, and so I got really interested in those and just kind of um, exploring you know, joining all different types of materials together. So that's, that's going on. I leave England, I come right back to the United States, and I'm now old enough to work at this summer camp where I went to as a kid. And so I'm, I'm the camp cook. <laughs> and I um, am, you know, living my best life. I'm, you know, loving it, um, getting to be a part of that place and to, to kind of give back um, to what I experienced when I was 14. And I was, you know, just, like mind blown. This is what I want to do. Um, and so I have all this time between meals to do whatever I want, you know, and often that was for me, like trying to make art or do, you know, do something. And so I remember just coming back from this, you know, such an exciting time and falling deep into this well of textile art and embroidery. And then being back in rural upstate New York and just thinking like, oh, what can I stitch? Like, what can I sew on today? Like maybe something from the kitchen. And I just remember looking up at this gorgeous oak tree and thinking, oh, that is what I'll stitch on. And then I did it and it worked. And it was this moment, uh, I think it was like the, the, this feeling of, I just had never made something that felt as meaningful as that. And so you know, it was amazing. And that spirit of wonder that I mentioned earlier is like, that was, I was incredulous that I was able to do it. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized, oh, this is such a beautiful way to um, bring together the two things that I care about most in this really poetic way. And so I've been doing that, you know, ever since, which is like 15 years ago. Um, and the more I do it, the more it really deepens for me. So I've just, you know, been going and going and going. And those, the pieces that I would do now are very different than what I started with, but that's the long story of how I kind of got to where I am with that. Well, thank you. I think it's, um, it's incredible because when I looked at these leaves, I always wondered like, what would make somebody want to stitch on a leaf? And which brings me to my, my question that's been burning inside of me is like, when I look at it, I think about, it must require a lot of patience. Is, mm -hmm. is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I do have, um, I have a lot of patience for, for things like that. And, you know, sometimes very little for sitting in traffic, you know, it's like <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, but I do, I think it's a different kind of, um, there's an excitement to it, you know, as well as being patient and meticulous, there's an excitement and like a thrill and that sense of wonder that kind of happens as I'm working and I get more and more kind of engaged with what I'm doing. So it doesn't feel, doesn't feel the same, you know? Okay. That's good to keep in mind. <laughs> so, um, so along the same line, is there, do you have any practices, uh, that you do to prepare you, um, before you're going into your work? 
I think, you know, under, I, I would love to say that I, <laughs> I have this very, you know, scripted thing that I do to get into this, this zone of really just being in touch with what I'm doing and in touch with the material. And sometimes it is like that, you know, sometimes I can sit down and just look through, um, some of some inspirations, you know, I have like a lot, a lot of beautiful books of, you know, botanical drawings and prints and plants and textile arts and knots and, you know, just tile design, all kinds of things. Um, and, you know, listening to really beautiful podcasts or, and just taking notes as I go, like that is, um, what I would describe as maybe like the ultimate <laughs> way of, of kind of working for me and then just kind of sinking into it and really letting it resonate um, and being able to sit for a good, you know, a couple hours at a time and just work. I love to draw. That's definitely a huge part of it. I keep a sketchbook all the time that's got notes and drawings and, you know, little bits of this and that. And so that feels, it feels really good when I can, when I can start with the sketchbook and then move into stitching or something else. All that being said, you know, I'm a working artist. I am a full-time professor. I have a lot going on. And so it's kind of the reality of it is that it's a little bit more um, bits and spurts, but I try to, you know, as much as I can to get into that place of just feeling really in tune with what I'm doing. Yeah. So another question with this is, uh, they're harvesting leaves, like leaves around you. There's such, well, this time of year is getting less so, but during growing seasons, you know, there's such an abundance. So I'm curious if there's something that you're looking for, like why, why a certain leaf or, um, is there something that attracts you to one or you're just harvesting whatever feels beautiful and then later see what wants to come out? I definitely, I mean, if I'm, if I'm out in the, you know, taking a hike or taking a walk, um, I live in a city, so there's a beautiful park, um, not too far from where I am. And, and there's, you know, in an urban environment, even there's really beautiful things growing everywhere in the alleys. Like it's, it's always a lovely surprise to just take a walk with the dog and, and see what you see. Um, but there is, uh, Robin Walkhammer in her book, Braiding Sweetgrass, talks about um, being, you know, the respectful harvest and the honorable harvest. And so I do think about that a lot as I'm, as I'm, you know, choosing what to take or asking what is the right thing to take. Um, and just being really cognizant of, you know, who, what, who needs, who needs this? Yeah you know, aside from me and how important is it that I have this leaf versus, or this flower um, versus leaving it here for the plant or for the pollinators or, or what have you. So um, that's definitely running through my mind, but as I'm walking around and, and looking at things, what I tend to work with more often than not is uh, leaf, are leaves that are thicker or heavier. So camellias and ligustrums, um, magnolias, uh, rhododendron, you know, leaves that overwinter in general. And there's a lot of them in, in Virginia that do that. And so those tend to be a little bit sturdier. Um, but then I just get so swept away by like the beautiful ginkgos, you know, and the ginkgos drop and I just can't help myself. So you know, there are those, other leaves that I pick up too on the ground. I try to pick up as many things from just being on the ground as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
So uh, can you talk to us about this relationship between the land and our interior landscapes? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I do, you know, I think it's, to quote, uh, not quote, I guess, to reference um, John O'Donohue, who I love and I listen to um, and read um, quite a bit. He talks about this idea of this ancient conversation that's happening um, between the sea and the land and, and the landscape in Ireland. Um, and I think about that as well with like the way that our internal landscapes are a reflection of what's going on outside you know and that doesn't necessarily mean that um you have to be somewhere like incredibly beautiful to you know and, and picturesque to to have um what's going on on the inside be that way but it's I think for me at least it's to be able to see the moments of beauty in what's around you um and that for me starts to shift the way that I'm feeling, you know, if I'm kind of not feeling so great or feeling low, taking that walk with the dog and seeing like um, this gorgeous little weed growing out of, um, you know, a strange place in the alley or something is like, oh yeah, like that is, it starts to, you know, really does start to bring me up. And so I do notice there's such a relationship there, which of course we probably all know, right? <laughs> But it's that, you know, that's that's what it is for me, I think. I think we might all know it, but that doesn't mean we all remember it. <laughs> that's true. So, um, so you mentioned earlier about the beautiful things in alleys as well. And, and I just think that's such a key moment or key aspect that we try to remind constantly, but I have to even remember myself, is that when we think about nature, it doesn't have to be Yosemite or Yellowstone or like some really wild place but there's beauty in nature all around and um, and yeah who would be expecting to be discovering art <laughs> in the alleyway um. yeah absolutely I mean it truly is everywhere and it's I think that you know the relationship that you have with what's what's around you it doesn't need to be this incredible place like just on my walk to work um I used to, I have moved since then, but I just remember like walking to work um, every morning, the relationships that I would have with the trees and bushes on the way. And, you know, they were kind of like friends. And so you just get to know what's around you. And it's like so much of um, the way the day goes in my experience is on, you know, the start of the day, like how much am I paying attention to what's around me? How much am I like, you know, actually having this sort of conversation with the nature that's that's on the way mm -hmm. and that's in my space that I'm sharing space with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was something you said too about seeing seeing the beauty that's around you. It's, we often forget that in our busy, hurried world, we forget to just stop and recognize the beauty. Yeah, absolutely. It's easy to do that. Yeah. Yes, and also easy to stop and recognize it <laughs> if we can remember. Um, you said something else too, and now I'm not uh, I'm not finding it, but you were talking about the, oh, I know when you were talking with your students, you were saying about that you don't need these incredible materials in order to make something remarkable. And um, that's another thing that I appreciate about your work because, so I, I absolutely love art. And, but one of my challenges for years and years is the um, 
environmental impacts of art. Mm-hmm. You know, so like on the extreme end, we see Mount Rushmore and like what we do. But but even for myself, sometimes it stops me from creating art because I don't want to create something that is just going to end up in the trash. Um, so yeah, so can you say more about the responsibility of materials and um, and in your work, how you view that? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that I think about a lot. Um, you know, just in terms of, okay, thinking about the spectrum of art and what we use as a material. And there's some things that, you know, it's hard to get away from entirely. But when you, you know, when I was thinking about um, like acrylic paint or, you know, these things that just at an early or age, you know, when I was using them growing up, I did have this feeling like, this is not good. <laughs> like, I don't feel good about coating this textile in plastic. And not to say, like, I have a total respect for painting and, I, you know, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but it just didn't feel like it really resonated with what I wanted to make, which I think is why I shifted towards um, just using natural material or, you know, fabric is a material that, can be very natural and it can break down. Um, and so that always felt somehow kind of true, true, truer to who I am and how I wanted to make art. Um, but then shifting into working with leaves, like totally organic material, um, is obviously like, you know, a very sustainable, (laughs) very sustainable choice. Um, and I used to, I think now, you know, I don't think about that aspect of it as much because it's sort of just, you know, it's like what I'm doing, but yeah, absolutely. Um, using a material that is, is meant to, you know, be replenished, um, over and over again, is definitely, it's important. And I think leaves also tend to be this sort of icon of, of nature and what we think of as nature. And so using a leaf in the way that I'm using it, I think can be, um, a cause for, you know, a shift in the way that you're thinking about this, you know, leaves as a material or leaves as um, something other than the wash of green that or, or, you know, now red and orange and yellow that are outside, you know, every single leaf is an individual. Um, But yes, absolutely. Material choices are so important. And that's something that I also talk about a lot with my students. um, Because that, you know, now teaching, you know, at the university level, you see a lot of work in the trash and it's really sad because that is all materials that did not have to be wasted like that. And so it's definitely, you know, always a conversation and always going through my mind. Yeah. So on the same kind of connected, so what do you feel is the role of art in shifting our paradigms? Oh, well, I think, I mean, I think art can do so many different things. You know, we have, we have different art for different reasons, you know, art to, to sort of shift the way that art to shake it up, right. Art to make you feel something, art to remind you of a a place or a person or, or who you used to be, or, or, you know, a place that um, you can't get to anymore. So I think about what I'm, at least for what I am doing, I think about um, the idea of gentleness and what can be, what can be achieved, you know, when we act with, uh, with gentleness and with care, you know, and, and so 
I think it's just for me, like a uh, very, very subtle, you know, I don't know that anyone who really looks at my work would think that, but it's there for me. And this sort of, it, it goes into all of these, you know, metaphorical places of like, um, you know, what can we accomplish uh, with the, the larger environment, you know, in the, in the world, if we act with gentleness, if we act with care, um, what can happen with each other if we're acting that way? Um, you know, I get into rabbit holes as I'm sitting here for hours and hours just working and stitching and thinking about this stuff. But um, yeah, I do think that for me, it's a slowing down, a, a, a shifting of like, oh, I d like the possibility, the idea of possibility too. And that kind of taps into wonder as well. Like the idea of wonder that you don't think something's possible and then you see that it is. And that that's, that's planting the seeds of hope as well. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I can see, like, I wouldn't have put those words um, forward as far as gentleness with your work, but it definitely, um, it definitely is uh, part of it. And, and you can feel it because again, you're working with such a fragile medium Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, yes, those magnolia leaves are pretty intense, but <laughs> they're pretty sturdy leaves. Mm -hmm. But but still, it's uh, it's not stone. They're still fragile. Yeah. And, um, and so so yeah, I can see there has to be. I mean, you use the word gentleness, but I also think there has to be a sort of reverence involved in it as well. Absolutely, and I think too, you know, this kind of. Um, is, is going back to what you're saying about sustainability as well, but working with an organic material, there's an Im implication of life cycle, you know, like I'm not removing um, this material from the life cycle. I'm by pressing the leaves and by, if they go in a frame behind glass, then they're kind of protected from insects, they're protected from UV light, they're extended, their life is extended, but they're still going to break down someday. You know, I, I will probably be long gone, <laughs> but um, they'll still be a part of that life cycle. And I like that, you know, I think that's actually very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and probably an important lesson for us humans about impermanence as well. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's so much too in working with leaves and plants, you know, this idea of memento mori and and that nothing lasts forever and we can enjoy the beauty while we're here and that's um, not gonna last and neither are we. So um, so you just made me think of this and, and you've already started it. So what are some of the lessons that you've learned um, through this process with the plants and um, what has come forward for you? Um, well, I think, you know, as far as lessons, geez, I feel like every day is a new lesson. Um, but definitely, you know, we take so much from plants, you know, we, we see so much, I think I, at least I say we, but I, I really will just, I'll, I'll bring it back and say, I, um, I see so many reflections of my own life in the plants, the lives of the plants, you know, this idea that um, really incredible things, really magnificent, incredible things can come from the tiniest seed, you know, um, and, and trusting that uh, as the plants die and it's, you know, the middle of February or March and you're just like, 
oh, this is terrible. You know, it's like that trust that it's going to come back. And so when everything seems grim uh, and bleak, you know, that that trust and the faith that um, things will bloom again and things will be green again. And so, you know, this idea of the cycle and trusting that the cycle will continue um, regardless of what you do, you know, it's kind of this ongoing thing that we're all a part of. And I think that too, you know, thinking about, um, in some of my work, maybe less so with the stitching and more with some of the or botanical arrangements that I've done, um, this idea of interconnectedness and how we really are all just part of the same thing. You know, we're all kind of connected to each other, um, all beings connected. And, and um, I guess there's not a real one-to-one -one is how, you know, as far as like, I, I learned <laughs> this oh, lesson, no, this yeah. <laughs> This is real, you know, the way that I'm thinking about it. Um, but certainly too, respecting that leaves, trees, everything has a life. And um, the way that I'm working with the materials has to be, um, has to be respectful of that, or I guess to, you know, picking a leaf at a certain point in the season will be different. You know, it'll be different if I pick it in the spring versus the fall or the midsummer. Um, and depending on whether there's been a drought or whether there's been a lot of rain, you know, it's always going to be different. And of course, you know, like it's a collaboration and you have to just kind of um, go with the flow always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be lovely if uh, if we could get like the the notebook of the lessons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These like, are these are, are the, the syllabus, right? The syllabus yeah. of the plants. <laughs> this exactly. is what you'll be learning this semester. Yeah. <laughs> but but yes, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. And um yeah, and I also so I guess part of that also makes me wonder about um it sounds like doing this work is another way of you connecting in with nature and then also um helping your helping you in your own growth in your own life. Is that Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I think the the compulsion to do this is not, um, it's deeper than just wanting to make things, you know, it's, there is something there to me in this, um, this, you know, larger collaborative effort of kind of focusing on this connection between nature and the human hand. Um, that to me feels really important. Um, and I think also, you know, I, I don't have um, like incredible words for this, but I think that there's really something uh, very spiritual about it for me. And I don't, you know, I won't define that in any way, but there's definitely a connection there. Um, and I think it comes back to that idea of gentleness and interacting with nature, with the, with the people around you, with, you know, everything with gentleness. And when there is that sort of gentleness, you can feel the sense of connection. And so I think that, you know, loosely sort of describes what I'm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we've been talking a lot about your stitch leaves. And <laughs> you've also, you've also have another, um, I'm not, I think this came after the stitching, um, but now you're also cutting away aspects of the leaves to reveal really gorgeous, intricate pictures and patterns. So I'm curious how that um, how that feels different to you than doing the stitching part, the taking away versus the adding to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, well, it's the opposite completely, but it is it's sort of 
I would say the cutting away is more akin to drawing, you know, it's more akin to, um, to what I'm doing in my sketchbooks. And so it feels very closely related to what I'm doing at a, at a very natural state, you know, if it's just a pencil in my sketchbook. Um, and it's quicker <laughs> than stitching, <laughs> even though that's a very slow, meticulous process too. There's something um, it, just very gratifying about doing something that kind of comes together a little bit faster. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll cut images, but often I think what feels the best and this is, you know, generally is like working with what's present in the leaf itself. So are, are, what are the veins doing? What are, you know, what curves are happening naturally? And that's when it feels more like a collabor collaborative effort to me um, because I don't want to, I say this and I, you know, I'm like self-doubting even as I say it, but I don't, I don't want to overpower the leaf itself because I think that the leaf itself is exquisite, you know, is remarkable and exquisite on its own. And so that is always um, something I have a little bit of trouble with actually is I'll have, you know, an array of leaves in front of me and I'll think like, oh, this one's too beautiful. I can't do anything to this. <laughs> which is so silly, but it's definitely, there is a preciousness to them for me. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the stitching uh, and the, and the cutting sort of as these two, you know, opposites that I do. I do both of those things pretty frequently still. And there are other things that happen in the studio as well. You know, I'm, I'm kind of always dabbling with this and that and, and seeing what I can do. Um, just to keep it fresh and fun and interesting. And there's a lot, there's a lot going on all the time. <laughs> so as you're talking about the cutting white, which again, for for our listeners who, if you've not seen this artwork, please go to Hillary's Instagram page or our, we also have um, pictures on our page, on our um, one page as well but you need to see these pictures. And so like, yeah, you talk about it being faster, but I've seen some videos of you cutting them out and it's very intricate, like almost like you could be a surgeon here. <laughs> just very small pieces out. And um, so I'm just thinking that deep observation must be a really big part of this work for you. Definitely, yeah, yes. I mean, seeing what's there, seeing a thing for what it is, um, absolutely. But really getting close up and going slowly. It's something that I, that is a, a reminder, a constant reminder, slow down, slow down, slow down. Not only when I'm, you know, working on something really um, delicate, but just in life in general, you know, slow down. Don't forget to look at what's around you. Don't forget to enjoy it. Um, I have a tendency to just want to go very quickly uh, and it's just not possible. You know, it's not possible, but yeah, I think the cutting, I got really interested in, I'm interested in, you know, textile arts for sure. That's sort of my, um, my house, I would say, you know, that's like, where I'm very, very comfortable, but um, all of these hand crafts, like all of the things that we can do with our hands. Um, and certainly I'm drawn towards um, very small meticulous work, but I'm really interested in, in lots of different things in carving and, you know, obviously stitching um, and drawing and pen and ink and 
bead work, you know, all, all these other things too. So. Yeah. So, so do you have any tricks for that slow down? <laughs> no, I'm a person I'm who's always needing that. <laughs> always just running like slow down. Yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's my, that's why I was so curious about these leaves. Cause I was like, man, I need whatever that elixir is that she's taking for this patient. I need it by the gallons. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's funny too, because sometimes when you work on something, it, it does take many, many, many hours. And when you, when I'm starting out and it's so, you know, you're just building up little bit by little bit. It's like, I have a very hard time sticking with it until I get past the halfway point sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's like, it gets exciting again. You know, it's like, oh, this is coming together. And I can't believe how many stitches have gone into this one leaf and will it hold together? Um, so that, you know, it gets exciting and, and that, that wonder, like every time I finish one, I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> like a, a miracle that it worked. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, you talk about at the heart of your work is connection, repair and wonder. So, I mean, you've mentioned wonder quite a bit here, but can you say more about that? Yeah. I mean, I think um, connection to is, you know, quite, um, quite obvious in what I'm doing, you know, like the, the thread and needle are making a literal binding. Um, and so, you know, when you use a needle, you are both mending and maiming at the same time. And so I think about that too, in this idea of, of what we're doing and, you know, this like larger metaphor for, um, the idea of repair in this way, like, can we truly repair without also creating some errors and some, you know, some wounds along the way? Um, as it seems like, you know, it has been the case. It's like every, you know, two steps forward, one step back. Um, but, you know, I do think um, as far as repair goes, just slowing down and having this, uh, idea of of wanting to be closer to nature of wanting to focus of wanting to see what's there like I think I think those things are just so important you know just having your eyes open and your heart open to what's around you outside um or inside or you know whatever but just slowing down thinking about that um for me it's an act of repair in this sort of tangible way um, but also a very symbolic way. And, and I think too, it sort of um, dovetails into spiritual repair, you know, this idea of um, getting quiet, of, you know, stepping away from screens, of doing the kind of work that feels very fulfilling, even though, you know, it's not, um, it's not getting my laundry done and my dishes done and all the, you know, it's like this other thing, you know, aside from all of that, um, that's mm -hmm. in service to something else in service mm -hmm. to the soul. Yeah. I like that in service to the soul. That's great. Um, well, I guess along the same lines, then what, what inspires you? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think, you know, I'm constantly looking at the, the world outside, you know, just 
flowers. I love flowers. I love plants. I love them. You know, I love walking around my neighborhood and just like seeing what's growing in everyone's gardens and what's growing in the alley <laughs> and the trees, you know, going on a hike outside, you know, really getting out of the city and going somewhere is um, the best, you know, you, I just come back from that and feel incredible. And, you know, I think that's probably something that pretty much everyone on this call shares. Um, but, uh, as far as what I'm looking at in my studio, I love, um, like, uh, real zoomed in pictures of plants like cells. And I think, you know, looking at this macro and micro, like that is fascinating to me, but certainly historical textile art from around the world, um, and pattern from around the world. And so that, you know, pattern in, like I said, in tile, in textiles, in nature, um, looking at, uh, you know, drawings of botanical art, um, I have, you know, lots of books of those and just depictions of plants from different cultures and different, different areas. And just thinking about, you know, that kind of like then leads me down the tra trails of thinking about how different, you know, I guess it's, it's less about differences and it, it's more about similarities, but how people across the world throughout time have had these relationships with with plants, with the land, with textiles, um, and turning plants into textiles for survival, but also for beauty. Um, and, and so just, you know, thinking about how that kind of, um, that what I'm doing is a continuation of that, maybe following in those traditions. So I want to uh, open it up. Anybody has any questions, please feel free to put it in the chat or raise your hand. And I know there's a couple here. So also, uh, while I look at these, also, I just want to repeat again. So you can see Hillary's work on our website, natureevolutionaries.com. Also at her website, which is currently being reworked, but it will be up again. No, it's timing. <laughs> It's bad timing, but it will be back up within the week, I think. Um, it's, yeah, that'll be the the main place where everything is housed. But my Instagram is pretty, um, it's got a lot of work on it as well. Yeah. yeah. And so again, your, well, your Instagram is hillary.waters. And if you type in her name on Google, you'll see these gorgeous images. There's lots of articles too. And uh, it's they're just beautiful. So please do appreciate them. And hopefully you'll fall under that same spell that I was experiencing. Um, so someone says, uh, oh, they're asking if you can speak more about the connection to land and the connection to ourselves. And what is it about gentleness that creates this connection? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, thinking about gentleness in the way that, um, okay, so I think I have grown up in this this culture where um, we kind of are the opposite of gentle. We tend to just, you know, move very quickly, um, plow things over, just go, 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 don't stop to slow down, don't think about um, what's around you very much. And I am, you know, kind of tapping into what I think of as a different way of interacting with the world around me. And that's not to say that, you know, this is 
it's more in tune with how indigenous cultures around the world have always interacted with the world around um, them. And so just thinking about the act of, um, or any act, you know, any act that you, that you are being considerate of what is around you and of thinking about um, what it means you know, to cut the tree down so you can build your house there. Like, you know, what are the implications of that? Instead of just doing it and not thinking about it at all, like let's, you know, think about it. I remember being like five years old and my, a tree had to come down in the backyard at my parents' house. And I just remember crying and crying and crying. So I think I've always had um, kind of, you know, that connection. But to me, thinking about these things in a little bit more of, um, a gentle way. Like I keep using that word gentle, but it really is sort of my connection to like how I want, it's, it's how I want to relate to the world. And so I think, um, that for me is a, like a sense of connection when I know that I'm being gentle, when I'm being open, when I'm like actually taking stock of what's around me and, and not just like zooming past it. Um, yeah, I think um, I totally lost my train of thought and there was something else that I wanted to say and I have completely lost it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It happens to all of us. <laughs> um, shoot. Okay. Maybe it'll come back to me. Yes. If it comes back, you let us know. Um, in the meantime, so this is actually from my friend Tanya, who is the one who introduced me to you. Um, and she asked, could you please define what textile means to you? She says, it seems as if the leaves become a textile. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, textile for me, I think I would like to ask for a more expansive idea of what we can consider a textile. Um, and, you know, typically you would say a textile is some sort of, you know, fabric that's woven. But I do think we can be uh, much more inclusive of like, you know, can you, like, what can you do with it? Can you consider it a textile? Yes, I think so. I mean, fiber, like wood is a fiber. <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit biased, but I do think that um, so many things can be kind of um, pulled into this world because of either the, the material itself or the way that we can use the material, the way that we can interact with the material. Can we use these um, traditional techniques um, of textile arts, you know, in some, in some way that, you know, just kind of, it, it's ever growing in that sense, you know, can keep expanding. What is a textile? Absolutely. Great, thank you. So uh, there's another question here, a couple questions. So what do you think happens to yourself while you're stitching? What are you creating inside and what are you joining and stitching inside? Oh, I think that's different, like day to day, really. You know, at first I was thinking about it as such a metaphor of, um, you know, making a connection between between nature, between the environment, between the land and and all that we can do with the human hand. And so taking these traditions of, of working with the land and working with um with our hands in these, you know, different ways. Um, it in service of the soul of beauty or of survival, you know, and kind of marrying all that. Um, and now I definitely feel as though, you know, on any given day, I might, I'm going through something and I'm, you know, it's like literally like as I'm doing this, I'm thinking about the stitching as, um, 
like a metronome, you know, it's like the time is passing. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about um, what it is to be here and what it is to be doing this. And, and more often than not, I'll, if I come into the studio in a, a place of, I don't know, feeling anxious, feeling sad, feeling, you know, whatever, I'll leave feeling better, you know, because it is that repetitive action of sinking into something. It's almost like a meditation. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there's so many, so many different ideas for the, the metaphors that can be brought into this. And, um, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that, I guess, because there, I could go in so many different directions with it, but, but that's kind of it for me. Mm -hmm. So you said something there that I think is really important and it's the service of the soul and beauty, but you also said of survival. And I think that's such a big thing that so often in our world, we think of beauty as being something frivolous um, or, you know, when we have time, maybe we can go look for beauty, but it is really about our survival, right? That is really what feeds our soul and helps us connect with the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, there's a there is a another a quote by John O'Donohue that is, um, beauty is that in the presence of which you feel more alive. Um, and so that is something that's always going through my head. Beauty is that in the presence of which you feel more alive. Um, and so feeling more alive, I think is so important. But then I, I think about, you know, primarily women, women as, as textile artists through history, but these women who even in, you know, really difficult, hard times, you know, terrible starvation, hard, you know, hardship, candlelight, you know, they are taking the time and energy to make something beautiful um, for themselves or for the, their family, you know, and this, what is that, you know, this desire to, um, to sort of tap into the spirit of beauty, even during the worst of times. And so I think about that, you know, not, um, not that, you know, that's like where we are at all or where I am, but just this, this impulse to go towards beauty always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think part of that's also the ancestral connection there of, of I think that's one of the um, <laughs> beauties, the word that's coming to mind, but the beauties of, of working with textile, as you've mentioned, it's such an ancestral art, but it also was, it's functional, it's necessary, and so we can make that the, the functional aspects of our lives beautiful and, and tap into that same ancestral thread that just nourishes us. Yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And now that I did remember what I was going to say before. Um, so I was, I wanted to just mention these botanical arrangements that I've been doing um, for the past couple of years just involve um, pressing. So, you know, the, the question was about connection to the land and how, um, how I feel connected to the land. And so these works that I've been doing are, um, there's no, there's no other interaction from me or intervention other than just collecting material from a specific place at a specific time and pressing it and then arranging it. And so in doing that, I feel like I'm sort of almost taking, it's like a, um, like a fingerprint, you know, it's, it's a snapshot. It's a portrait of a place. And I think the plants in that place tell the story. 
Um, and so, you know, whatever is growing there at any given time is, is a reflection of everything that happened before, right, leading up to that moment. It's the mowing of the grass, it's the planting of the seed, it's the bird that dry, you know, flies by and drops um, a seed from over here, you know, it's like everything that has ever happened to make um, those plants grow or, or not grow at that point is this long, long ancient story. And I'm just kind of collecting, um, collecting that and holding that. And so to me, that is another way of just kind of um, really letting the connection to the land resonate. And so thinking about like, okay, I'm here, I'm a part of this, like after I do this, am I inadvertently also adding to that story and shifting the landscape? Um, yeah. Yeah, so that I was just going to mention that earlier and then it flew away. So. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and Marissa is asking, so she says, um, I'm looking up your work. The images are amazing. And the colors you add to the leaves and the complementary patterns are very beautiful and unusual. I'm wondering, since you've mentioned gentleness as being an important element in the interaction, how you think the leaves feel about being stitched. Yeah, no, that's something that I really do think about, you know, the stitching and cutting. Um, it, it, although stitching is a very gentle act, I think on a, you know, if you think about what that action actually is it, and cutting for sure, it's quite violent. Um, and so, you know, I'm getting into the nitty gritty of this, but I do really think about that. Um, and there was a time when I tried out uh, like probably 12 years ago, like kind of when I just had started doing this, I tested out stitching on a living tree. Um, and there might be like a, a, an old picture of that floating around somewhere, but it really did not feel good to me. Um, like that felt just as though, you know, I was not being a good ally to the plants by doing that and that it didn't, so I, I never did that again. Um, but I think picking a leaf and having, you know, picking it up off the ground or taking it, it feels to me more so um, like a way of honoring it. And, and you know, and it's like, it's removing it from its life cycle outside um, and bringing it in and, and having this collaborative moment the celebration um, with it. And so I think about it I, in that way. And maybe I'm just, you know, I like to think about it in that way, I guess I'll say. Well, I think one, I wanna thank you for your vulnerability there and, and honesty about the living tree, talking about the living tree. And I can see how that would feel very different. Um, and also what I hear in that is, um, you know, a learning lesson. And, and in some aspect, I'm guessing that part of that learning is also about your own relationship with nature. And um, it's one of the things I think so much about art. So I mentioned earlier about, you know, having this hesitancy of wanting to create art because I don't wanna create trash. But I think the other side of that is that if sometimes we have to create trash, <laughs> we have to do something in order to bring out the art or the beauty. And, and, it, and we have to also take into it that it's all a learning experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so with that, now I'm the one who just lost my train of thought there, but um, it's right there. It's like, 
Oh, I know. So when you're talking about the leaf and the stitching being violent, I mean, I can see that. I can see that it's a vi it can be considered violent, but I also think about ourselves and our bodies. And when we get stitches that, you know, they're actually life-giving can be quite important to that. Um, and so I think we can get lost also sometimes that we don't, as humans, we don't want to leave a mark on the earth. And I don't think that's what we're here for. It's, it goes back to um, kind of what you were, the quote that you shared about John O'Donohue of, you know, we, we're wanting to, to add to and create. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know that there's anything in there, but I just feel, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to, to add to the richness without taking away from, you know, what's there. Like, I don't, I, I definitely feel that way. Um, and I don't, it just, I think what you said about making mistakes. Yeah, like it, every day we, I'm, you know, I'll speak for myself. I make mistakes all the time, but I think there's something about taking you can't know the path until you step off and recognize that that's not the path, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, or at least that's how I think about it. It's like, okay, you have to kind of like constantly be making these like tiny steps in different directions to know, okay, no, that's not, I don't want to go that way. Um, and, and coming back towards where I do want to go. And so of course, you know, I've done things that didn't, that I didn't like the way they felt, or I don't like the way they look, or they don't feel right. Or, you know, and so you just kind of have to keep moving towards what feels good and what feels right. Mm -hmm. um, because how do we ever know? You know? Right. <laughs> we don't unless we try. <laughs> so, so I think that's great. I like that idea of the checking of the path and, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's been a bunch of questions of people who would like to know, you know, they'd like to see specific stitches, um, but also wanting to know if you're teaching online classes or resources that you have, um, you know, really they, they want to learn more from you. <laughs> so Yeah, that's been, so I do, I teach classes, um, in the summer usually, or I'll come and do a workshop with different embroidery guilds or different groups. So I do travel and do that. Um, I'm teaching a class at Aeromont um, in Tennessee this coming summer. Um, and then online classes, I've started to sort of think about like, how can, how can I like continue to make things accessible? Cause sometimes it's just not a reality to go to, to actually travel. Um, so that's something that's kind of in development right now. Um, but as far as, um, as far as, you know, that, that goes, like I'm, I'm open to it, you know? <laughs> so if anyone wants to email me or, you know, get in touch later, that would be absolutely fine with me. Um, I'm always interested in connecting with, with people after events like this too. So, um, I don't know if my email address has been shared or not, but we haven't shared it. You can go ahead. Yeah, so it's just hillaryfail at gmail.com. And again, uh, that's F-A-Y-L-E. Mm -hmm. And Hillary with two L's. Yeah, H-I-L-L-A-R-Y. <laughs> yeah. Great, thank you, Hillary. Mm -hmm. um, so before we close, is there anything else you'd like to say or share? Hi. I would like to thank all of you so much. Thank you, Jen, for the um, lovely conversation, but thank you everyone who asked questions. I have to say, um, normally the questions that I get are very, um, 
technique oriented. And I, this has been a really refreshing conversation to kind of think about, or to just to know that you're curious about, you know, the other side of it, what's going on um, with me and, and with this idea of connection and gentleness, like that's, that makes me, you know, that feels really good. So thank you all so much. Well, thank you. And, and thank you also everyone for joining us today. And again, you can learn more about Hillary's work at her website, hillarywfail.com, which is currently under construction. <laughs> we'll be back up in a little bit, but yes. if you get the little notice that it's private, that's why. But in the meantime, we have a page, her event page is on our website, the organization, well, sorry, natureevolutionaries.com. And on that page, there's also a really sweet video of another mural project that Hillary did. Was that, I think this summer, this past summer? Uh, that was in 2019. 2019. So you can see some of her work there. You can see this gorgeous video. And then also on Instagram, which it's hillary.waters is her um, page on Instagram. There's again, lots of gorgeous artwork and um, she shares projects that are upcoming there too. And I want to invite you all to join us for our next teleseminar, which is December 11th, Nature's Embrace, The Way of True Reparations with Myra Jackson. And so for anyone who joined us for our Women Working for the Earth Summit, Myra was one of our speakers there and just an incredible woman doing wonderful things in this world. And um, I just wanna keep sitting and listening to her. So please join us for that. And uh, you will be able to find this recording as well as all of our other recordings of all of our other webinars in our series on our website, natureevolutionaries.com, as well as on Spotify and Apple iTunes. And while visiting our website, as always, I ask you to please press that donate button. Your donations help us to continue to do our work uh, of creating educational programs and listening to and building relationships with the living earth. If you're not on our mailing list, you can also join that on our website. And we will once again be celebrating gratitude on November 29th through Facebook's Giving Tuesday. And this is our opening event for our Give to Thrive campaign. So we invite you to join us in supporting a world where people and nature are co-creative partners and all life has the right to thrive. All the donors who support the Give to Thrive campaign will be invited to a special thank you event, which you're going to want to be at. So um, stay tuned for more details on the, both the campaign and the thank you event. Um, we'll be releasing them shortly. So until next time, I do uh, one, I want to thank you and just suggest that you uh, may you find beauty in all those unexpected places. And so thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.